right, 627 here in the Kiva. He down Musk uh, rounding off the last 30 minutes can, of the show. Yes, I sir. I think point you made, Eddie. Um, yeah, You sure. made this point a couple of times in the last couple of months, and I, I hadn't given it enough thought until just now. I, Reason Magazine just published some interesting data. Oh, that the I visit that site every day. The country's day. Uh, priciest cities are seeing massive declines in rents as people who ne- are now free to work remotely and unable to enjoy the typical amenities of urban living. You're de- talking about commercial real estate. Decamp for less yes. expensive Listen metro. Listen to this. This is good. Really interesting stuff. San Francisco has seen the largest price declines. Rents for studio apartments have declined by 31% year over year. Uh, also, uh, what, Santa Clara, San Mateo. It's not just in California. King County, Washington, which is where Seattle yep. rents fall 12% yep. for studios and 10% for one-bedroom units. In Manhattan, rents have declined 15% for studios and 10% for one-bedroom apartments. If we had a governor here who said, hey, people are fleeing these deep blue, corrupt, corona-crazy places yes. because they can work remotely. We have beauty here. We have wonderful weather here. We have fantastic food here. Many of the fantastic food outlets here in the state advertise on this radio station. Um, Come here. We're not crazy. We're reducing taxes. We're reducing regulations. Uh, We're not corona crazy. Um, There's every reason in the world why you could come here, experience the beauty of this state, but work remotely if you have to. And we do have an airport here if you need to fly off somewhere once in a while. What a missed economic development opportunity. You've been making this point, and you're dead right. And here's the data to confirm it. This is what this should have been our most rapid economic expansion of all time here in the state of New Mexico. Cost free. The beginning of the COVID nineteen. You should have said, "Hey, come one, come all, come to New Mexico." They should have started converting. And I had a conversation with both Walt and Tigo about this, huh. where we were going to start converting office buildings because of the vacancy, and say, right. "Hey, you know what? We'll set you up with a five hundred thousand square foot." And you know, you call it corporate housing. Corporate housing is like a big thing. You've seen corporate housing sure. where people. We'll go ahead and they'll say, well, we got people to come in and out, and so we'll rent an apartment, we'll rent a few apartments, we'll send them up with furniture, and they basically have these people come in Monday through Thursday so they don't rent hotel rooms, and they've got everything, and know, knowing that they'll be perfectly fine. And big companies have that. And we could have enticed people to come here, especially for our climate or livable city, test them at the airport to come in, but you can't do that if you're putting travel restrictions and preventing people from coming into New Mexico from visiting New Mexico and the tourism uh, industry is completely uh, kaput. Not letting I mean, them eat when they want to go out and experience the, the, the legendary cuisine of the state. You know, our population density should have led all of our decisions moving forward. Like, uh, I think, what is it, less than seven per square mile or something like yep. that that we have when you look at the, the entirety of our state. If they would have looked at population density, they should have said, you know what, we're open to this. We're not going to play politics. This is our chance to finally catch up with... Arizona or Nevada or maybe even parts of Texas to finally get ourselves on level playing uh, p- playing field and look for corporate relocations. When I was running for mayor and I was looking at this and I was saying m- when my, my goal was to locate one Fortune 500 HQ here in the state of New Mexico. How are you going to do that now after you've already put this forth and you've made, I, I don't know, you know, Milwaukee, not Milwaukee, if you look at um, Minneapolis, Minneapolis is a fantastic city. For the life of me, I can't figure out how it's number three in terms of the number of Fortune 500 
uh, corporations until you actually go there. there yeah. And I spent a week there, and you have some of the most fantastic corporations, United Healthcare, Target, all that. Like, that's what you're trying to bring in because the spillover from that, and then when you come into your economic development pool, you're just like, well, you know, ask them why they relocated here. Ask them what right. makes this uh, geographically uh, or societally or, you know, sure. uh, really living. Uh, it's so advanced, so why do they relocate here? Like, that makes Instead, we're, we're looking at Virgin Galactic subsidizing them, letting them brag about a, the, a, a desert and a <laughs> right, strip right, of concrete right, in right. the middle of nowhere. And, and people are like, what the hell happened here? This deal's too good to be true. I can't figure out for the life of me who the hell would want to live out in the middle of nowhere waiting for a rocket that will never launch. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, Very that's well what we're doing. We're, well we're putting ourselves into a position where, like, oh, come on. Are, are you serious? We're going to. Give this money to this royal who, who doesn't have any money? Mm-hmm. Like, who's ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make a whole lot of this sense. This is the greatest missed economic development opportunity of New Mexico's history. Well, the second greatest. I think the, the, the first greatest uh, for the state of New Mexico would have been at that time where we were on equal footing with Arizona oh, in terms back. of population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're going back to, like, 1930. Yep. And we decided to go ahead and become more government dependent. We decided to take that cookie yep. and say, hey, you know what? If you want to come blow up our sand and our dirt and make Fine. us federally independent, uh, federally dependent, and yep. you want to bring an Oppenheimer and develop the A-bomb and, you know, run places from here and create these little enclaves, uh, fine, let's go ahead and do it. The moment we did that, that was it. We're like, you know what, we don't care much about our place. And we, we, I'll tell you how much we care about our place. You can keep the name New Mexico. You know, we denied statehood, I think, six times or seven yeah, times. Yeah, like, yeah. we refused to that. Where was that type of uh, thinking? All the way through to say that, you know what, we're going to make our own determination. We didn't even pick our own ter- state territory name. It was already decided for us after you cut off all the other pieces. Right. Right? right? One of the great uh We're older uh, than unknown... Arizona, and they have three times as many people oh. and ten times the amount of wealth. Yeah. Yeah. We we got the better food, the better culture, the better history, more scenic, better weather, because Arizona gets Way a Way better too weather. Hot. And um, we got... Much richer mineral wealth, not just the hydrocarbons, but the, you know, uranium and the copper. Number and, one uh, oil producing yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> county, uh, but yeah, in the entire country, Lee yeah. County. Yeah, yeah. And we squandered it. We, well, it I didn't all policies. It, but, uh, all policies. The dependency on federal government has created this uh, culture now for, I believe, that would be five or six generations uh, on now. Yeah. Could have been different. Well, it was a, that the music was a lead-in to your article from rap from yesterday. And really kind of talking about, you know, we are an information society, and we need to start talking about, you know, who's subject to libel laws, who's not, who should be defended, why, why do the mainstream media, particularly CNN, the Washington Post, New York Times, and uh, the ABC, NBC, CBS, why do they continue to defend these decrepit Democrats uh, <laughs> at this point? And I have to tell you, you just absolutely nailed yesterday's rap because... You know, it was a little bit piecemeal, but it was also a really great show. So go back, listen to the show from yesterday. I'll upload the one from today so you get all of this, the, this stuff. And if you want to cut out the little part of the, the sweat lot and go ahead and use it later so I can't do this, that, or the other, go ahead and do it. I'll call it. Trust me, everyone's got my back. Uh, this point that you pointed out when you started out in terms of uh, why mainstream media is dying, yep. piggybacking, and I don't even know if you consciously did this, but literally piggybacking on what Donald Trump said yesterday, that the mainstream media is literally on its deathbed. Yeah. It's taking its last breaths. And uh, uh, Dowd yesterday did the show, Rap, he says, who will tell the people, not the mainstream media? Wrap uh, this uh, show from yesterday once again for our listeners. 
Well, you know, I, I do the show wrap every day, and when Eddie asked me to start doing these, I thought, you know, we, we talk about a lot of different things. I don't, how, how can there be a common thread? But I'm actually finding it easier to, to do uh, than, I, than I thought it would be. And yesterday's was really example after example of things you're not hearing about from the dominant media. You talk about the big papers and the big networks and that kind of stuff. And so I, I talk mostly about national stuff, but I wrap it up with what we did about Mr. Trevisani yesterday, which you're not going to hear uh, from the Albuquerque Journal, which is like they, they just like to post, you know, all sorts of glowing reviews and profiles of him. So, you know, we walk through Steve Scully. We talked about that yesterday, the C-SPAN guy who nobody would think would be, you know, biased. C-SPAN is so, you know, objective and, and they never inject any of their own opinions. Well, it turns out uh, not quite as objective. And then he lied about being hacked, which has really damaged his credibility beyond reaching out to Scaramucci uh, in terms of he was supposed to be the moderator of the second debate uh, for uh, for those who don't know. Second example of media dying, uh, Kristen Welker, who we're going to have to, Eddie, I don't know how I'm going to endure this woman on Thursday night, but I'm going to I'm going to have to do it. It's uh, I'm ready the job. Um, no, no doubt I'm ready. And of course, the New York Post covered this, but but, you know, you didn't see it in anywhere else. Uh, you know, long record. She's from a Democratic family. Parents give money. She was a registered Democrat as recently as 2012. Uh, she was caught on camera with a hot mic. You, you know, one of the first rules of journalism is know when the hot mic is hot. And, and we not. played that yesterday. Uh, we actually yeah, we played it for you. So she was helping out uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, chief flack, then Jennifer Palmieri on the debate in 2016. Uh, number three is the one I really cared about the most because that's the polling one. And, you know, obviously, if you've been paying attention, it's just a relentless march of new poll, Trump down 13 points, new troll, poll, Trump down 16 points. Folks, you'll hear it again. You've heard it before. You'll hear it again on this program. That's you don't win the presidency by a national poll. Any poll, any, any no matter what the results are, it's irrelevant. We look at the Trafalgar results. That's the polling firm out of Georgia that has been the most accurate in the last two elections. Shows an extremely tight race uh, in these swing states like Ohio, Florida, Pennsylvania. So again, they won't report that, but we we will. Uh, and of course, Hunter Biden. We, we spoke about that earlier in this show. Uh, my old my old employer, uh, Brent Bozell, down there in Arlington, Virginia. ABC has not mentioned the, Brent, the Hunter Biden disc drive story at all. NBC, CBS devoting only a couple of minutes each, and on and on and on. And then I wrapped it up just bringing it home to New Mexico with Peter Trevisani and his uh, interesting career uh, and his desire to promote Black Lives Matter. And that we got to dig more into that Thornburg stuff. I, oh, it's underway. I was actually doing it before I came to the station today. Really? Yeah. You know, yeah that, it goes that stuff back. is it, endlessly it, fascinating. It goes way, way, way back. So Anytime you get these whole... guys who delve off into uh, other interests and sort of pick up a secondary persona, yes. and you have a failed company that took place involved in a, yes. a crumbling of the American economy back in 2008, and they yep. sort of find their, their, their juices uh, again, if, if you will, i got to tell you that I'm always endlessly interested in stuff like, oh, yeah, how did the uh, self-made man become so self-made <laughs> yes, to begin yes. with? And I think, yeah. you know, it's something, you know, there's a movie. Yes, here's another movie you guys need to watch. It's called Generation Wealth. Generation Wealth. Uh, pick it up on Prime Video. Sorry to tell you to do that. I just watch the free Prime videos because it comes with your Prime membership if you're an Amazon Prime, which uh, 63% of the uh, country is now Amazon Prime wow. members. Did you know that? I would never have guessed that. That's high. insane. Yeah, so you you get have access uh, uh, to that, uh, well, that, that video. It's a document. Yeah, I only watch documentaries. I can't even move off of documentaries. Oh, I, I know where I uh, got got on that word Poughkeepsie. It's, so I just watch the free movies on Prime. Oh sure. I, I watch the Poughkeepsie tapes. Ah. Oh my gosh, the most disturbing uh, set of movie, the most disturbing movie I may have ever seen. It's uh, absolutely disgusting. I don't want to get you on on sidetracked on all this, but it was a great rap yesterday. 
great job. And this was all really based on on you know the central theme. And I'm glad you're finding it. You know, th- there is a, a. I'm not as random as you think I am, right? That, is that fair to say? I'm asking for feedback. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I wasn't. I didn't. I wasn't trying to imply randomness. I, just sometimes we have to deal with issues that just pop up in real time on the show. So yeah, but it can a, be difficult to weave it all into a coherent there is a narrative. thread. Oh, certainly. There's always oh, a, yes. there's always a, a you thread and I are completely on that same page, uh, which is why I think we get along so and well. And I think you weave like you we, we can weave culture, we can weave music, as oh, you yeah. can see. Like all the music is really kind of tied into what we're doing. At least today, it's not always. I don't always have the time to kind of thread everything uh, into this, but. You know, it, it absolutely makes me completely and totally disgusted when we have uh, the story of the year that is getting just completely and totally suppressed, and the Washington Post, which is owned by that very same Jeff Bezos, hmm, curious, huh? Defending Twitter and Facebook, suppressing the story that is damaging Biden, and then you hear the top of the hour Fox News, and they're like, "Well, we're not going to talk about the Hunter Biden laptop." Even Fox News is missing on that. Just look at their board. If you want to look at a company, look at its board. That's the center of influence, okay? Uh, we can say the circle of influence, okay? Mm-hmm. So here we are. Uh, the audacious act of censorship the Senate Judiciary Committee members have condemned as actively interfering in a presidential election. And, by the way, Ted Cruz was brilliant this morning. He's on fire. Absolutely brilliant this morning on, Glenn, on the Glenn Beck. I'm not referring to Glenn Beck as Glenn Beck anymore. He's the Glenn Beck. The, the Glenn Beck. The Glenn like Beck. The Oprah. Yeah, because yeah, he is the, the Glenn Beck. To suppress a bombshell story on Hunter and Joe Biden by one of the biggest news publishers in the country. The move ended up backfiring as MIT concluding that Twitter's actions nearly doubled the visibility of the damaging story. It worked in reverse. That's right. effect. Everybody. <laughs> Amid congressional subpoenas and fierce backlash, which Twitter euphemistically called significant feedback, the platform reversed course. On Sunday, the editorial board of the Washington Post, which warns readers on every page that democracy dies in the darkness, penned a shameful defense on Twitter and Facebook's impulse to suppress the Biden damaging story. Twitter and Facebook were right to suppress a Biden smear, the headline declares, but they should tell us why they did. Well, a dubious story. Both platforms made the correct decision to slow what so far seems to be a baseless accusations backed up by leaked emails of murky origin. But yet the way the sites made that decision matters, too. The confusing, opaque process that would be dark that accompanied the positive outcome threatens to render the Pyrrhic any, I love this, Pyrrhic any victory over the forces of misinformation and meddling, right? You tell somebody, you don't want to know about that. What's the first thing they're going to want to know about? I want to see They're going to want to know about that. So this is what's happening is people, and you know, what happened about a year ago when Jeffrey Epstein died? What was the first thing they killed off? Come on, guys. I know you're good at this game. 4chan. They immediately just went after 4chan like, well, two, two events happened. And they happened within about 10 days of each other. What were they? The shooting in El Paso in Walmart with um, Pedro O'Rourke, right? Beto, sorry. Robert Francis O'Rourke. <laughs> Bob. His real name. What about Bob? <laughs> Bob? Bob? <laughs> His wife, uh, also Santa Fe connected, commercial real estate there. I think you need to do a little sniffing around there. His his, right. his, uh, his wife uh, is the largest or was a, a daughter of one of the larger commercial real estate owners huh? here, uh, a real estate magnet, by the way. Amy Hoover Sanders? I think so. Okay. Yeah. And then, of course, you have the other, um, the Houston guy who's selling the, an $18 million house in 
and that just went for bid, I believe, last week. He's just like he's dumping his his uh, residence in Santa Fe because uh, he realizes he's going to get more for it than what he actually probably paid for it. They probably bid it up because Santa Fe uh, prices are right now going through the roof. Uh, no pun intended. Five hundred thirty-six thousand average price. Yeah, yes, folks. I, I just start dumping. <laughs> We're just doing brain dumps all day long. So, so here we go. Now this is now. Buck Sexton said nothing's going to come of this, and Buck is probably right. The guy is as the head of the curve normally, and he worked for the CIA. Okay. But they're going, the Justice Department will file an antitrust lawsuit alleging that Google engaged in anti-competitive conduct to preserve monopolies in search of advertising from the cornerstones of its vast conglomerate, according to justice officials, right? These monopolies that need to be broken up, supposedly, right? That's what the Democrats all want to do. Hmm. What did Donald Trump want to do? He's like, no, you, you build your company, you, you know, keep it in check and everything like that. Until they get, and, and, and despite the fact that Pocahontas, Elizabeth Warren was the one who, right? She's the one who initially introduced this whole entire thing mm. and decided to go ahead and wanted to start break up these monopolies. She's the one who wanted to do it. Why are these left, why are these companies still getting praise from leftists? What, what are, why are they so incredibly close to the Democrats? What are they trying to preserve? Mm. Like they're hiding stuff. Google, Facebook, Twitter. So where are they going to be? They're going to be up on Capitol Hill coming up this Friday. And why? Well, for very different reasons. Elizabeth Warren and the Democrats, greed, greed, greed. They have too much money, making too much money. For Republicans, it's like, well, I don't care how much money you make, dude, but you've got to be truthful right. about what you're sharing. Yep. So we at least know uh, that we have a fair shot within your, quote-unquote, freedom of speech. And then there comes the whole you know, thing that um, Ted Cruz is talking about as whether or not these platforms constitute a place of free speech. Yep. That's going to be the central question in the midst of all this. So, you know, do we want to know whether or not Hunter Biden did blow? Do we have pictures? Do we have a right to see it? You know, why should it be smeared as Russian disinformation? How easily? Oh, did, Donald Trump's the one who, who went and hired Facebook and did all this stuff. He stole the election. Donald Trump did no such thing. There wasn't enough to Only Adam Schiff turn, that. turn the tide. <laughs> it's because this is what they're doing. They're trying to control both sides of this equation. Remember, Biden Inc. is more corrupt yeah, than all the cronyism that's taking place in Washington, D.C. or in Santa Fe, New Mexico. 550-5500. It's 550-5500. So who will tell uh, you know the, the, the big story? We will. Every single day and as much uh, as we can. And, yeah, great writing. Uh, I've got to know more about what's happening up there. i got some updates on uh, Tony Anaya for you. Very interesting. Going back to the day and the relation with uh, Paul Pelosi <laughs> also includes Tony Anaya's daughter. Daughter was very naughty. Yeah. She's also kind of familiar with uh, that uh, P word that we hate so much here in New Mexico. 645, back and forth.